chapter 18 abidance in one's natural state of quiescence by renouncing everything else is bliss all other sadhanas are just for novices one who abides as self stands apart from the ways of the world duty dualities and mistaken thoughts are not for him his nature is wonderful freed from bondage alone bestows this exalted state a gnani the dhira stands heads and shoulders above the hapless ignorant the bond free natural state of a gnani is more beautiful than the rule bound state of a sadhak only a gnani can know another gnani he abides forever in the non dual state with no other or a second the cause of attachment and aversion viewing equally life and death solitude and maddening crowd he will be anchored firmly in the true content thus ashtavakra expatiates ashtavakra said salutations to that which in its nature is bliss itself calm and effulgence and with the dawning of the knowledge of which all delusion becomes like a dream one may get abundant enjoyment by acquiring all kinds of worldly objects but one cannot be happy without renouncing all how can one whose heart's core has been scorched by the heat of the sun of sorrow arising from a sense of duty enjoy happiness without the continuous rain of the ambrosia of tranquility the universe is but imagination in reality it is nothing that which is inherent in existence and non-existence never ceases to be the nature of the self which is absolute effortless immutable and stainless is neither far away nor limited but ever attained as soon as delusion ceases and the self is apprehended the veil falls from one's vision and he lives with his sorrows dispelled knowing all is mere imagination and the self is eternal and free does not the wise one act like a child knowing for certain that one's self is brahman and that existence and non-existence are imagined what should the one who is free from desire know say or do such thoughts as this indeed am i and this i am not become annihilated for the yogi who has become silent by knowing for certain all as self for the yogi who has attained peace there is neither distraction nor concentration neither increase of knowledge nor ignorance neither pleasure nor pain the dominion of heaven or mendicancy gain or loss society or solitude all are the same to the yogi whose nature is free from conditions dharma religious duty kama sensuality arta worldly prosperity 
and discrimination have no significance for the yogi who has transcended such dual notions as this is done and this is not done. The yogi who is liberated while still alive has neither any duty to perform nor any attachment in his heart. His actions in this world pertain to the present life only. Where is delusion? Where is the universe? Where is meditation on that? Where is liberation for the great souled one who rests beyond the world of desires? He who sees the universe may try to deny it, but what has the desireless one to do? He sees not even though he sees. Having seen the Supreme Brahman, one meditates upon I am Brahman, but what does he who has transcended all thought think when he sees no second? He who sees distraction in himself controls himself, but the wise one is not distracted. When there is nothing to achieve, what is he to do? The man of knowledge, though living like a worldly man, is contrary to him. He sees in himself neither concentration nor distraction, nor impurity. He who is beyond existence and non-existence, who is wise, satisfied, and free from desire, does nothing, even though he may be acting in the eyes of the world. The wise one who lives on happily, doing what comes to him to be done, does not feel troubled either in activity or in inactivity. Blown by the wind of samskaras, tendencies, the desireless, independent, free, and liberated person moves about like a dry leaf. There is no joy or sorrow for one who has transcended samsara. Ever with a serene mind, he lives like one without a body. The wise man, whose delight is in self and whose mind is calm, and pure, has no desire for renunciation whatsoever, nor does he anywhere feel any loss. The wise one is not affected by honor or dishonor like an ordinary man. He is naturally of a vacant mind and acts as he pleases. One who acts in conformity with such thoughts as this is done by the body and not by me, the pure self, such a one, even though acting, does not act. The Jivan Mukta acts like one who does not say that he is acting so, but he is not, therefore, a fool, even though in the world he flourishes, looking happy and blessed. Weary of diverse reasonings, the wise one attains repose. He neither thinks, nor knows, nor hears, nor sees. Being beyond meditation and distraction, the great soul is neither an aspirant for liberation, nor is he in bondage. Having ascertained the universe to be a figment of imagination, even though he sees it, he exists as Brahman itself. He who has a sense of doership in him acts even though he does not act. The wise one who is free from doership does no wrong deed. The mind of the liberated one is neither troubled nor pleased. 
It shines actionless, motionless, desireless, and free from doubts. The mind of the liberated one does not exert itself to be either meditative or active, but it becomes meditative and active without any intention. A dull-witted person becomes bewildered on hearing the truth, but a wise man draws within himself like a dull person. The ignorant constantly practice concentration and control of the mind. The wise, like those in deep sleep, find nothing to be done and abide in the true self. The ignorant person does not attain peace, either by inaction or by action. The wise one becomes happy simply by knowing the truth. In this world, those who devote themselves to diverse practices do not know the self, which is pure, intelligent, beloved, perfect, beyond the visible universe, and free from any taint. An ignorant person does not attain liberation by repeated practice, which is an activity. The Blessed One, devoid of activity, stands free and changeless, merely through knowledge. The ignorant person does not attain to Brahman because he desires to become that. The wise one realizes the nature of the supreme Brahman, even without desiring it. Without any support and eager for the attainment of freedom, the ignorant only sustain samsara. The wise cut the very root of samsara, which is the source of all misery. The fool desires peace, and so does not attain it. The wise one knows the truth, and is ever of peaceful mind. Where is self-knowledge for him, whose knowledge depends on the object? The wise do not see this and that, but see the immutable self. Where is control of mind for the deluded one who strives for it? It is indeed always natural with the wise one who delights in the self. Some think that existence is, and others that nothing is. Rare is the one who thinks neither and is thus calm. Men of poor intellect think that the Atman is pure and one without a second, but through delusions they do not know it and are unhappy as long as they live. The intellect of one who longs for liberation cannot function without depending on the object for support, but the intellect of the liberated one is indeed without any support and free from desire. Seeing the tigers of sense objects, the frightened ones, seeking refuge, at once enter the cave for the attainment of control and concentration. Seeing the desireless lion, the elephants of sense objects, quietly take to their heels, and when unable to escape, serve him like flatterers. He who is free from doubts, and whose mind is absorbed in the self, 
does not resort to practices of control as a means to liberation. Seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, and eating, he lives happily. And tasting, he lives happily. He whose mind has been purified and freed from distraction by merely hearing about the truth sees nothing to be done or to be avoided, nor cause for indifference. The wise one freely does whatever comes to be done, whether good or evil, for his actions are like those of a child. Through self-dependence one attains to happiness, through self-dependence to the highest, through self-dependence to tranquility, through self-dependence the supreme state. All the activity of the mind comes to an end when a man realizes that he himself is neither the doer nor the enjoyer. The conduct of the wise one, though unrestrained and inartificial, shines, but not the affected calmness of the fool whose mind is attached. The wise who are free from imaginings, unbound and liberated intellect, sometimes play in the midst of great enjoyments and sometimes retire into the mountain caves. No desire whatsoever springs in the heart of the wise man on seeing or honoring a man versed in sacred learning, a god, a holy place, a woman, a king, or a beloved one. A yogi is not at all perturbed, even when ridiculed and despised by his servants, sons, wives, daughters' sons, and relations. Though pleased, he is not pleased. Though pained, he does not suffer any pain. Only those like him understand his wonderful state. The sense of duty, indeed, is samsara. The wise, who are of the form of the void, formless, immutable, and untainted, see no such thing. One of dull intellect, even without doing anything, is ever agitated by distraction, but the wise one, even doing his duties, is undisturbed. With perfect equanimity, even in practical life, the wise one sits happily, sleeps happily, moves happily, speaks happily, and eats happily. He who, owing to his self-possession, does not feel distressed like ordinary people, even in practical life, remains unagitated like a vast lake with all his sorrows gone. Even the inaction of the deluded becomes action, and even the action of the wise results in the fruit of inaction. The deluded one often shows aversion to his possessions. He whose desire for the body has vanished has neither attachment nor aversion. The consciousness of the deluded one is always attached to thinking and not thinking, but the consciousness of the wise one, though attended with thinking the thinkable, is of the nature of unconsciousness. The sage who moves like a child, pure and without motive, 
in all his observances, has no attachment even to the work that is being done by him. Blessed indeed is that knower of the self, who, even though seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, or tasting, is free from desire and is the same in all conditions. Where is the reflected self? Where is the world? Where is the end? And where is the means? For the wise one who is ever changeless, like the sky. Glorious is he who renounces all desires and is the embodiment of infinite bliss, which is his own nature, and who is spontaneously absorbed in samadhi, in the unconditioned self. In short, the great-souled one who has realized the truth is free from the desire for enjoyment and liberation and is devoid of all attachment at all times and in all places. What remains to be done by one who is pure consciousness, who has forsaken phenomenal existence, beginning with mahat, cosmic intelligence, etc., and which is manifested through mere name? The pure one who has known for certain that this universe is the product of illusion and that nothing exists, to whom the inexpressible is expressed, naturally enjoys peace. Rules of conduct, dispassion, renunciation, and restraint of the senses, what are all these to one who is of the nature of pure intelligence, and who does not perceive any objective reality? Where is the bondage or liberation, joy or sorrow, for one who shines as the infinite and does not perceive the relative existence? In the world, existing until self-realization, only maya prevails. The wise one lives without the feeling of I and mine and attachment. To the sage who perceives his own self as imperishable and sorrowless, where is knowledge? Where is the universe? Where are the feelings of I am the body and the body is mine? No sooner does the man of dull intellect give up the practices of control of the mind, etc., than he falls prey to desires and fancies. The man of dull intellect even hearing the truth, does not give up his delusion. By making an effort, he appears devoid of mental activity, yet a craving for sense objects lurks within. He whose work has dropped with the dawn of knowledge does not find any occasion to do or say anything, even if he may be doing work in the eyes of ordinary people. For the wise one who is ever immutable and fearless, where is their darkness? Where is their light? Where is there any loss? There is nothing whatsoever. Where is patience? Where is discrimination? Where is fearlessness? For the yogi, who is impersonal and is of indescribable nature. There is no heaven and no hell. There is not even liberation in life. In short, Nothing exists in yogic consciousness. 
The wise one neither longs for gain nor grieves at non-attainment. His calm mind is verily filled with the nectar of immortal bliss. The desireless one neither praises the calm nor blames the wicked. Contented and the same in happiness and misery, he finds nothing to be done. The wise one neither abhors samsara nor wishes to perceive the self. Free from joy and sorrow, he is neither dead nor alive. Glorious is the life of the wise one who is free from expectation, free from attachment to children, wife, and others, free from desire for the objects of the senses, and free from the care of even his own body. Contentment ever dwells in the heart of the wise one who lives on whatever comes to him and wanders about as he pleases, resting wherever the sun sets, reposing on the foundation of his own being and forgetting the entire cycle of birth and rebirth, samsara. The great-souled one cares not whether his body dies or is born. Blessed is the wise one who stands alone, who is attached to nothing, who is without any possession, who moves freely, who is free from the pairs of opposites, and whose doubts have been dissolved. Glorious is the wise one who is devoid of the feeling of mine, to whom earth, stone, and gold are the same, the knots of whose heart have been completely severed, and who has been purged of rajas and tamas, who is there to stand comparison with the liberated soul who has at heart no desire whatsoever, who is contented and indifferent to everything, who but the desireless one knows without knowing, sees without seeing, speaks without speaking. Be he a beggar or a king, he excels, who is unattached and whose view of existence has been freed from the sense of good and evil. Where is wantonness? Where is restraint? Where is determination of truth for the yogi whose life's object has been fulfilled? And who is the embodiment of guileless sincerity? How and to whom can be described what is experienced within by one who is desireless? whose sorrow is finished, and who is contented with repose in the self. Not asleep even in sound sleep, not reposing even in the dream state, not awake even in the waking state, is the wise one who is contented under all conditions. The man of knowledge is devoid of thought even when engaged in thought, devoid of the sense organs, even though he has them, devoid of intelligence, even though endowed with it, and devoid of the sense of ego, even though possessed of it. He is neither happy nor miserable, neither attached nor unattached, neither liberated nor an aspirant for liberation, neither this nor that. The Blessed One is not distracted, even in distraction, is not meditative, 
even in meditation, is not dull, even in a state of dullness, and is not learned, even though possessed of learning. The liberated one, who abides in the self under all conditions, is free from the idea of what has been done and what ought to be done. He is the same everywhere, and owing to desirelessness, does not reflect upon what he has or has not done. Praised, he does not feel pleased. Blamed, he does not feel annoyed. He neither rejoices in life nor fears death. The one whose mind is calm neither runs after the crowded place nor the wilderness. He remains the same in any condition and any place whatsoever.